0: Welcome to Women on the Line, a community radio national women's current affairs program produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Emma
1: Hart. So, you know, wherever I can, I I, I stand up for what is needed and our, our people actually need to be recognised and our people need to be listened to because if no one, you know, If no-one listens today, who's going to listen in the future?
0: Women on the Line acknowledges that this program is produced and presented on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and that their sovereignty was never ceded. We acknowledge their Elders past, present and becoming, as well as the traditional owners of the land on which you're hearing us from. June 21 marked 13 years of the failed Northern Territory intervention, To mark this date, groups Concerned Australians, the Intervention Rollback Action Group and Stop the Intervention Collective Sydney held an online forum featuring five First Nations speakers speaking from on-country across the Northern Territory. Today we hear excerpts from the forum featuring Auntie Pat Ansel Dodds from Grandmothers Against Removals in Bantwa Alice Springs, Amelia Kunoth-Monks from Alpara Utopia, and Barbara Shaw, founding member of the Intervention Rollback Action Group, speaking from Mbantua. This is forum moderator, Professor Larissa Barent ao
2: Can I begin by acknowledging um, that I'm on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation and pay my respects and my respects to um, Elders past and present and to all the First Nations uh, people who are on this call. It's, it's my honour to be hosting tonight. Um, the, the intervention is um, the, the worst um, infraction of human rights we've seen in recent times in relation to Aboriginal people um, and paved the way for the continuing erosion of rights. And it's my honour to be hosting a forum uh, where some of the strongest, most continuous voices In speaking for the people who were most affected and have lived with that um, are able to share their experiences and their wisdoms with us. So um, I'd also like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen uh, to the speakers tonight, taking time out of your evening to hear these really important voices and perspectives that we don't otherwise hear. I just wanted to uh, begin also by just reminding everyone that the intervention began in 2007. Um, It was later revealed to be pretty much a political stunt in the lead-up to an election, uh, which makes the sorts of measures that were uh, made uh, from Canberra that affected the lives of people on the ground in the Northern Territory with no consultation with them, no respect for their... Their wisdom and understanding about what works best, no respect for their own leadership and advocacy. So um, it was certainly um, a moment of, of great shame for Australia. Many of you might remember that in order to pass this package of legislation, um, it meant that the Racial Discrimination Act, the um, Anti-Discrimination Act in the Northern Territory and the Social Security Act had to be repealed to ensure that people Grossly affected by these policies, weren't able to, um, to complain about them. It took their voice away further, and I think was a good benchmark to say how um, to again against which to, to measure the reforms that were looked at um, in relation to land, housing, culture, language, education, um, and welfare reform. So um, I think it's also important to note that uh, in subsequent years, uh, particularly under Labor and under uh, Jenny Macklin, that uh, some of these reforms were doubled down on. They weren't improved, despite the growing evidence, uh, which had been predicted by uh, Aboriginal leaders across the Northern Territory. Women on the line. It's my great privilege now to introduce Auntie Pat Ansel Dodds, um, who is a member of the Arunta and Amateur Nations. She's a renowned artist, a writer, a lecturer, a campaigner for Aboriginal land rights, and passing on local Aboriginal history and culture from her own experiences. She's also doing incredibly important work as a member of the Alice Springs Grandmothers Against Removal and remains incredibly outspoken and strong about the ongoing Northern Territory intervention and has been uh, somebody who's been for a long time calling for a treaty Um, and uh, in very recent times with the Black Lives and First Nations Lives Matter movements Uh, Aunty Pat has begun having positive conversations with Alice Springs Police and wants to engage them with cultural awareness uh, training. So you're all on mute and you can't uh, clap her, but I think if we go like this, she can know that she's very welcome. (laughs) Aunty Pat, over to you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Um, I... When I look at uh, the history of um, of Australia and our people here, it was devastating because when I was uh, young, my people weren't citizens of this country until 1967. And to me, that's appalling and didn't get recognised until there was a freedom fight by Charlie Perkins and students from New South Wales University. And in my head, all that problem that we had back then is still here. And the way they're treating our children is terrible. I've often walked down the streets and I've told the policemen off, why are you doing that to this kid? He's not grown up, he's a kid. And those children look at me and ask me to help them. And it hasn't stopped. I've seen that kind of behavior all my life, but now this young man that works at the police station, he's a police officer, he wants to talk to me to try and amend a lot of issues, and I think that's fantastic. But um, we have a racist government that likes just to get funding off us mob from our communities who have fought very hard through land rights. And even in town here, we fought over native title of Alice Springs and we won. And then they want to change it whenever they please. So it's still happening. And they don't have any respect. They wanted people to go to Uluru, to sign a paper what they wanted. But that's not good enough. Like, we got no brains. We have to move forward, keep wanting our treaty, our rights, so governments can't keep changing policies that affect the lives of our people anymore. Mm. It's got to stop. Thank you.
2: Aunty Pat, can I just um, follow up because you're you're obviously doing a lot of work around making sure kids stay with family and I wonder if you could share... With us, some of your thoughts and observations about how kids need to be taken onto country to heal um, and not in prison. Can you talk to us a bit about that work that you're doing?
3: Yeah, um, I um, the Grandmothers Group. A lot of us from around the mob from here. We wanted our kids to to lower the case, the age that they've been put in detentions, lifted higher from 14, not 10. And that's important. So those kids can go back home to their country. And uh, Chris here, he's um, from Yisaranta and he's got a program for some kids to go back to country and start learning their culture on country and learn how to live. And this town, no matter what we do, it's always been, oh, they're Aboriginal, they must have, must have done something wrong. And we're tired of it. But we want to move forward and start telling our kids to be proud of who they are. And don't make them such in a place that they can't grow up and look at a future. And we've got to have a future for our kids no matter which which nation they come from in the territory, so important. And we're looking at stuff as well in a bigger picture. Yeah. We want them to go back to country and let their old people teach them their culture. Do that to us even today. It's so important because that gives us strength of where we come from. Thank you.
2: And Ani, Pat, if I could just ask you one more question because we're looking back at what, you know, 13 years on from from the intervention and I was wondering if you could share with us, you know, what, what the impact's been on you and what you'd like to see changed going forward.
3: One of the big things I feel is that um, the kids... The government has to give them the funding that they were allocated to after they got uh, after they fought for their land and set up their own communities and to have like CDP programs so they can go back home, their parents, not stay in Alice Springs living on Centrelink. It's so important that the kids go back home. Was there schools and stuff there as well? Because they come here, they're so mixed up in their head, the whole family and the kids could run amok. And we have to stop it. Send them back home to their country so they can get a job. Give them funding to do that, to run their own councils and everything, and employ people. On their communities, like they did before when they won their land back. Not this stuff dictate to Aboriginal people every time they want something. Big races. How can you change a racism law to get your funding of 73 communities and lock them down? That's disgusting. All right.
2: Okay, thank you, Aunty Pat. All right. Um, Again, Aunty Pat can't hear us clap, but we can all sort of wave and thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with us.
0: Um, No worries. Thank you. (laughs) On Community Radio Around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. We're bringing you excerpts from an online forum featuring First Nations speakers from across the Northern Territory speaking about 13 years of the failed Northern Territory intervention. You just heard Auntie Pat Ansel Dodds from Grandmothers Against Removals, Mbantoa, Alice Springs. Next, we hear for a moderator, Larissa Barent, introducing Amelia Kunoth Monks.
2: Okay, now, I had, a, I had a run at this before, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> it is my great pleasure to uh, now introduce uh, Amelia Pengati Kunoth Monks, who at the time when the intervention rolled out was. Um, a, a, a very young Arunta woman uh, from Utopia, um, a, a youth leader uh, still, uh, but she was supporting her grandmother, the um, phenomenal uh, elder Rosalie Kuneth Monks, who was also a very strong voice. But Amelia emerged at the time as a very strong voice in her own right Um, and has been incredibly strong on highlighting what has happened with the intervention, uh, particularly around the compulsory income management and mental health impact of the intervention. She she flew across the country and spoke in Sydney and Melbourne um, and has continued to be a strong voice in the Northern Territory. So I'm incredibly proud to be able to introduce Amelia to you tonight. Lovely to see you, Amelia.
4: Thank you for having me. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge the past, present and future generations of our First Nations people on the land I sit on, which is the um, Mbandua, Alice Springs. Um, we're now 13 years in the Northern Territory Emergency Response and I haven't seen anything change, not not to my knowledge, I haven't seen anything change to where our languages are being taught in school, to where we are allowed to practise our cultural essence. We we had our 10-year anniversary of the Northern Territory emergency response back in 2017, and here we are in 2020, three years under the stronger futures. We've got another two years and then we'll have a review of where the policies for us will take us it's very hard to see where our youth is at the moment i feel heartache because our youth get into trouble because there is no, nothing there's no programs for them or um or leaders who are there they don't have good role models because they're forever watching stuff on YouTube about how to be a gangster and all like that it's it's very disconcerting of where our youth is heading you just have to look at our suicide rates you know it's it's very hard I was speaking to my grandmother last night on the drive back home and she said to me I asked her the question how do you see our youth where, where do you think they're going and she said to me that there are no role models for them they're in this um predicament of where they want to have their culture and be who they want to be and be themselves but they are also told to just stay down there don't move we'll we'll, we'll do everything for you so you can be run amux and just you know not not have a future we'll take that future for you as um you know the the stuff on my homeland out at chotopia it's Oprah itself has become the hub town there is no funding for the 16 homelands to get new houses there is what they're trying to do is push us into that hub town still to this day so that they can do mining there is this whole gap between our first nations people and our non-first nations people but that's not our non-first nation people's fault i don't blame them at all what i blame is their government and their policies we we still are here we are in 2020 and we're still classified as flora and fauna we're still counted in the census we're, we're not um we're not even in the constitution as human beings we're still animals and flowers yeah that that's all i have to say
2: thank you amelia um i just wonder though if you could share with us um what your hopes are going forward? What sorts of things are on your agenda for change? Do you do you believe in the treaty? Um, you know, what sorts of things do you think would make a difference on the ground from, from where you are and what you've
4: seen and what you believe in? Yeah, I, I do believe in the treaty. I believe that we need to have this treaty. Um, I've, all, I've said constantly to my grandmother, I've said, where we are now... Is not, is not a good place between First Nations people and non-First Nations people. And until Australia grows up, we're not going to get very far with our government because time for talk is over. It, it really is. There, there is no communication with our government who can come to the table and sit with us. You just have to look at what Vincent Lingiari went through. Look at that walk-off. And where are we today? We're still there. Not much has changed since my elders, my elders' days.
2: Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. And it's wonderful to hear your voice again and speaking with you speaking out as well. Women on the Line. Now, I am so pleased to be able to be in a position to introduce you to this next troublemaker. Uh, one of my uh, the people I really admire when the intervention happened, Barbara Shaw, was right out the gate, and she stayed out the gate um, as one of the great uh, spokespeople and warriors around this issue. Uh, Barbara's Arantar Kartitjei. Walpree and Wurumungu from Alice Springs. Uh, She's the first female deputy chair for the Central Land Council for the new CEO. She's involved in the working group for the Uluru Statement She was an engagement officer for the Royal Commission into the Protection and Detention of Children in the Northern Territory. Uh, She's a cultural carer within her own family and, of course, a founding member and current member of the Intervention Rollback Action Group, or IRAG. So, um, Barb, it's great to see you
1: and um, to hear what you have to say. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And um, I'd like to also acknowledge the traditional owners. Um, and all custodians of this land Both past, present and future And as well as acknowledging Young emerging leaders Such as my niece Amelia Kynop, Um I don't know I don't know what I can say um, I've, Like you said Been there for the last 13 years Watched John Howard and Mal Brupp announced it on ABC, <clears throat> and I've been fighting ever since because I knew that I was doing the right thing by my family, my children, my elders, and standing up for what was right. Um, I'd have to say for Auntie Pat, you know, that she's right in saying support for family and children to be out on country, as a, I guess now, and also what Amelia was saying is that there might have been minor changes to our lives, but worst of all, it's changed for the worse. You know, we just had, you know, Greg Marks talk, and Stephen Gray talk about statistics and what had happened, and then all of these reports coming in, going into both Territory Government, Federal Government. But then these reports and commissions, reviews, they've all just probably swept past the eyes of all these parliamentarians over the years, over the last 13 years. Like Uncle Harry said, you know, we've had five prime ministers, four to five prime ministers, no one's taken any notice. Over the years, over the last 13 years, you know, from two thousand and seven, I was a very angry and emotional person around the policies and how it was affecting our mob, not only us in the northern in our major town centres, Alice Springs, Tennant Creek, Catherine, Darwin and you know up at Noremboy because they' are the major town centres that services our communities or our homelands but they also, our mob, travel in and out of these town centres or service centres. So, you know, when it first came out, all I thought was of my grandfather, you know, was my initial thought is how is he going to understand the legislation? And then knowing that he's caretaker and living out on my homeland that I got handed back in 1988, straight after the Barunga Statement was handed to Bob Hawke. People like, you know, Rosie Kuenoff Monks that Amelia now represents and stands up for her grandmother. Uncle Harry's been standing up since the Central Land Council started. You know, and of course you got Mark for the Yulunga mob. And then you have my mob. You know, I to, began to realise that if we're going to keep protesting, you know, you're going to have that other element in our society saying, you know, we don't need protesters or, you know, you've got an opponent that's going to feed false lies to the rest of Australia saying, you know, there's no police brutality. There's no um, child abuse happening in our communities. Well, for a fact, we know that it's happening. We know that, you know, being part of the Royal Commission, you know, were, and looking at children being abused in the detention centres or in and out of home care. And, you know, so along with Granny, I've got to say hello to you too. Granny, I haven't seen you for a while. You know, we we've, we've been... Very diplomatic, you know so i I'm, I'm I'm in a position now you know with the central Land Council and also still with tonguedura land Tungandura Council, and just speaking up on issues that affect our mob and how governments and agencies can help our mob and and, and I am a big strong believer in constitutional change and supporting treaty because if we were added into the constitution and we had our rights to our culture, our language, our land, the intervention wouldn't have been in place. And it would have been, it would have had to have been a block. But I, 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 I believe there are people out there that are willing and caring, compassionate people that are able to help and stand up Or people like myself or people like our Elders out in remote communities or on homelands.
0: That was Barbara Shaw speaking on 13 years of the failed Northern Territory intervention as part of an online forum featuring five First Nations speakers from across the NT. Earlier in the program, you also heard Amelia Kunoth-Monks and Auntie Pat Ansel Dodds. For the full forum recording, also featuring Harry Jackamara-Nelson and Yinya Goyela, and human rights law experts, you can visit concernedaustralians.com.au. And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the community radio network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 9419 8377. If you'd like more information about today's program or to listen to the show again, you can find what you need on the Women on the Line website, 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Kavara. I'm Emma Hart. Hope you can tune in again next time.